Um, so we've been talking the last few weeks about weathering the storm, and uh, it's been good. Uh, there, there's some, obviously there's some storms that we're uh, faced with right now, and even if you're going through a time that doesn't seem like there's a storm, uh, we're ready for the storm. Uh, we were, this place that we were at, we were so blessed up in Colorado. <clears throat> um, the, the place we were supposed to meet uh, had, a, had an issue with COVID, and so they shut it down. We couldn't meet there. So we went to this other place that I've never been to before. And it was an amazing, it was a Young Life a ranch and just the way it was constructed. Um, <clears throat> so I just had this thought go through my mind, though, is, is that <clears throat> these, these buildings that, that, that they built were, were made of these big, massive logs, you know. Was there, everything was built out of logs. But while we were there, it was so nice. It was like the best time you could be in Colorado, I think. It, I didn't really... Didn't ever have to wear a jacket, really. I even got up early in the morning, and, and they, had a, they had a whirlpool out by the pool, and you could sit in the whirlpool and watch the sun come up. It was so, and get some coffee and just sit in there, and it was big enough where a lot of people could, you know, you come together. And, what's that? <laughs> I feel bad for you. Yeah, yeah. So we really had a rough time. But, and, and the meeting place we were in, it was like a theater, um, <clears throat> But the, the way the, the weather was, we could have met outside and it would have just been fine because it, it was so nice. But what I noticed is that all the buildings were built not for nice weather. They were built for storms that were coming. Because you know what? Just in a month or two, it could be 20 below right there where we were. Well, Shirt sleeves this last week, but in fact, the week before they had a snowstorm. They had, they had a bunch of so you what? But you have to prepare for the storm. You don't say, "Well, it's nice, so I guess we're good." And you know, I think we can be. It it can happen like that. We can think, "Well, I'm good," but if if you're not prepared for the storm, it's going to overcome you. And so we've we've seen there's a lot of things that. That in Christ, we got to be ready for these things. We got to be abiding. We have to be a resident of, of God. We have to, you know, there's a lot of things like that. So I just want to, I want to address, and we, we started on this last week. What did we talk about last week? We talked about the power and the authority that we have, that when a storm comes, that we have authority to speak to the storm. And we don't have to just sit back and let things happen. But we've been given power in our mouths. Amen? And, but, but you have to know it, don't you? You have, you, you have to, we, you know, we talked about how Jesus was in that bottom of the boat. And he was so cool about storms that he could sleep through them because he wasn't impressed at all. But when he got up, he said, where is your faith? Because you see faith, you hear faith, you feel faith in what's coming out of people. And he said that after he demonstrated where faith was. It was in his mouth. And so how powerful that is. I want to talk to this a little bit more today because sometimes our words will lead us into a storm that we don't have to go into. That's good. That's good. And it's so important for us to, to be aware of some of these things. Man, there's so many scriptures. To, and we're going we're gonna to pull a bunch of them out and just draw from it. If you didn't notice, my wife 
is, is making me look good here this morning. <laughs> it's like, I can't. well, it's just wonderful. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, so on our way to Denver, we uh, were circling above and, you know, it's a two-hour direct flight and the captain gets on and says, you've probably noticed that we're just circling here over Denver and uh, there is a microburst taking place in Denver and so we're sh they've shut down the whole uh, airport. There's no one coming in and there's no one going out. And I look at him and I go, what is a microburst? Does anybody know what a microburst is? So he says, we're going to uh, Colorado Springs. And I'm thinking, okay, we have reservations for a car, for a hotel in Denver. His sister's supposed to meet. We're supposed to pick up people and take everybody up the mountains because we had another two and a half hour drive on Monday morning. And we had had church Sunday and we had flown all, you know, it was, this was all last Sunday. And so I thought, my goodness, what is a microburst? So we had to Google it to figure it out. But it's like a tornado. Uh, actually, it's worse than, and if you get caught, it's, it's, it's pretty dangerous. And so, um, so we went to Colorado Springs, fueled up, landed, fueled up, came back about 45 minutes later. And on our way in, I, I said to him, should we just get out and drive a car from Colorado Springs? Because I think it's going to be rough landing. And I don't like rough plane rides. Do you like rough plane rides? <laughs> so uh, we're getting ready to land, and it starts, you know, shaking a lot. And he's sitting up in row 12. I'm sitting in row 22 next to Braden. And I like it when it's rough when he can sit next to me so we can speak to the storm together. He had just been talking about weathering the storm and believing and speaking. So I knew, you know, okay, i got to be speaking to this storm. My husband's up there. I know he's speaking to this storm. And I'm sitting next to my little boy. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, we're going down. The plane is going down. The plane is going down. And I look at him, I go, no, be quiet. Stop saying that. That's a bad confession. The plane is not going down. We need to pray. We need to speak to the storm right now. And he goes, immediately, he shut his eyes and goes, Lord, I just speak peace to the storm right now. And do you know that that plane stopped shaking the moment he started praying? I absolutely believe this child has the greatest childlike faith I've ever seen. So what a great example of speaking to the storm right in the middle of it. And I was so grateful for him at that moment. <laughs> but, you know, it's a good reminder. Don't speak negative things when you're in the middle of a crazy storm. Whether it be, you know, a, a healing that you're believing for. You start saying something about what you're feeling. You know, you start saying, oh, I feel this. I feel that. Maybe I'm getting cancer. Maybe I'm going to die of whatever. Or, you know, finances are, oh, the finances are low, and it's, it's just, we're just going down. It's like Miss Melanie prayed, we're not going down, we're going up. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. So that's exactly what we're going to dive into today, is uh, uh, a lot of storms um, start with just a spark. They just start with a little thing, don't they? You know, we, uh, I was thinking about these hurricanes. This is hurricane season. And they name all the hurricanes and they, you know, but where do they, they start somewhere, don't they? They start out in the ocean and they start where there, where there's some heat that builds up, right? And begin, it starts to make an upward uh, thrust of air. It's kind of, I guess it's the opposite of a microburst. Microburst comes down, right? Um, they start to go up. But I was thinking, you know, if you could, once they get started, I mean, they become this huge thing that you can see on a satellite that's circulating, and, and, and then it moves towards the, 
towards the coast, and they decide how big it is. Is it a two or three or four or five, you know? And they, but if you could go back and if you could keep it from even getting started in the first place, if you could keep that heat from getting started, and, 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 and I believe there's a potential for us that's been given to us in the Word that has to do with our mouths, but it's not just at the time of the storm, speaking to the storm, it's way before the storm even gets started. You disable the storm at its origin. And this is so necessary. Most of the time, you know, in relationships, storms get started by the smallest little thing. You know, we just had this happen a little bit this week. I'm kind of a, uh, you know, you got a problem? Okay, let's fix it. Okay, now it's fixed. He likes to be a teacher in all things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but sometimes the female gender, at least the one that I'm so <laughs> eternally blessed to be a part of, uh, wants to talk things out a little bit more. <laughs> you know, and I, I can say one thing, and all of a sudden, a storm took off that I didn't even know was coming. Is that, do y'all understand what That's I mean? That's not it's like, true. It's like, what did I say? That's a perspective thing. And, but but there, it, 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 there, it's so important to understand the things that we're saying, even if we're ignorant of them. Amen. <laughs> it's All important right. to know. All right, I'll bear the brunt of, the, of whatever it that is. It goes both ways. All right. Because it's usually, (laughs) and we have a lot of this going on, even in our nation today, there's a lot of ignorant things being said that people just believe are true, and really all they're doing is starting a storm. And all, all it would take is some understanding, and you can shut down the storm before it even gets started. But it takes, this is part of our growing up in God, we have to understand where some of these storms come. You know, we, we started off this thing saying that storms are coming. And there is a storm coming. <laughs> but there's some storms that we start that don't need to be started. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, so let's just look at this a little bit. There's so many, like I said, there's so many verses. We're going to jump into some of these. And we're going to go back and forth. We haven't practiced. But it's going to be good. Amen? The Holy Spirit's going to help us to see some things from some scriptures. So, so, there, so the storms that we're looking at today that, that, that we can affect, they're word-created storms. You know, we, we have power in our, in our mouths to have authority over storms, but we also have power to create storms, right? And so those are the ones... That it's going to take more wisdom. It's going to take more of a, a, a transformation of our lifestyle. You know, why do we not say certain things? <laughs> you know, uh, my dad, when he got, when he got saved, he, he decided that we, his family isn't going to say anything that is even close to anything that, <laughs> that might be cursing or, or you know. Uh, and, and sometimes we can say, well, just, just cool it. You know, some things are just okay. Well, well we're going to see this. Every word we say, it's either life or death. 
And, and the more you diminish that, the more something's going to get past you that causes a storm that you don't even know that you created. Amen? So, word created storms. There's power in our words. Proverbs 18, 20, 21. A lot of times we just look at, at the verse 21. But I want to see this other one here. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified because it really sounds like my wife. Okay? So, a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. What is a moral self? You know, sometimes I think it's so interesting to me. We have a, we have a, a judge that's been nominated, uh, you know, to be on our Supreme Court right now. And it's just amazing to me that she, her, the biggest criticism against her is her faith. And, you know, we would not have any judicial system at all if it wasn't for God. Because any law that is made is made based upon a moral basis. Amen? And so you cannot have anything that's going to be a standard for living a life or even locking somebody up unless it's coming. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It's like the, the worst thing against her that they can come up with is that she believes in God. Wow, right? So the moral self, your ability to do something, and what, you know, what is that, that golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You're gonna have to develop an understanding of what that actually means, right? And that moral self is gonna be established by your words. It says you're, who you are is gonna be as a result of the fruit of what's coming out of your mouth on a regular basis. You cannot have a moral basis with a a mouth that's foul, right? That's cursing. And with the consequence, there's a consequence of our words, right? He must be satisfied. Now, sometimes when we look at that, in some translations, it it looks like it's, it's, it's a, to be satisfied is just a good thing, but I believe in this context that's saying there's going to be a consequence that you're fully, and if we can say, uh, experiencing instead of satisfied necessarily. Because when it's negative, it's not going to be satisfying in a positive way, right? And that's why I like to amplify which says whether good or evil. It's coming to you, right? And then this is the part that we're more familiar with. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it. So that means the more you become aware of it, the more it becomes something that is forming your life. It's something that, that you love the concept of what that's doing and how what you're saying right now is affecting you. Did you know that people that are evil love the power of their words? Don't they? They, <laughs> they love to needle. They love to <laughs> say certain things that are just going to rub somebody the wrong way, right? <laughs> so whether intentional or not, there are consequences. Matthew 12, 36 through 37. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word that they speak. And here's what I want to get to today. It's, you know, because I'm speaking to the choir. I believe most of us here probably know the Lord, but there's a necessity for us to become very serious about what's coming out of our mouth, even with regard to this world that we're living in right now. 
Because what's coming out of our mouth can either amplify, magnify, affirm, build up something that's very negative, right? Even by discussing certain things with each other, we have to be careful that we're not magnifying evil. Because all we're doing is becoming a part of it then. Amen? There's a place for us right now that's going to oppose, effectively defeat the enemy in this time. But it's not going to come from us being a part of magnifying the evil. Amen? So it's necessary to become aware of these, these, these things that are coming out. We can't just participate in, in things. No, we're, we're people of faith. And we believe that what comes out of our mouth has an impact. And if that's true, we're going to have to be careful what we don't say also. That we're not starting a storm. We're not participating in a storm. We're not, we're not, we're not being a part of adding heat to a hurricane. You know? <laughs> so, for by your words you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words you will be condemned and sentenced. That sounds like a storm, doesn't it? You know, there's a bigger storm than just what's happening in our country today. It's in the hearts and the lives of every single person. It's either getting caught up in it or is being delivered through it. Amen? When we're going to weather this storm, we're not just going to make it through. We're going to be victorious. Amen? Praise God. Let me get just a couple more things, then I'm going to turn my wife loose. <laughs> so, Proverbs talks about a fool. And... Um, you know, we're actually told that we're not supposed to call somebody a fool. What, 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 and so, in this context, I, I wanted to have an idea what, what a fool is. And a fool is somebody who, and you can contest with this. Sometimes I think people are doing things on purpose. But most of the time, a fool doesn't even know what they're doing. It almost implies that there's this silliness that is coming from ignorance does that make sense or deception yeah but but there's not a there's not a clear understanding of what you're doing because most of the time if a fool knew what they were doing they'd stop doing it you know what i mean now let's don't just be looking elsewhere let's all look at ourselves to make you can we do that and say god god help me see because you know, it's, no, it's going to do me no good to be thinking about somebody else when I'm the one that needs to be affected, right? So a fool is one who unknowingly brings about their own demise. Their mouths are involved with creating a storm that they're not going to be able to overcome because they've created it. The lips of fools bring them strife. And again, let's, let's have an understanding that there needs to be an awareness of what's coming out of your mouth, or you can fit right into the fool department. I don't want to fit into the fool department, right? <laughs> and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. So their mouths become the source. Of what they're going through. You know what happens a lot of times. I believe. Maybe especially in church. Is we speak something. And we bring it upon our lives. Not knowing that we're doing it. And then we blame God for not pulling us out of it. And our whole faith has been. In what's going to happen to us. That the enemy is bringing on. 
Amen? Maybe not amen. Let's don't say amen to that, right? Let's not so be that, right? But, but that's what happens, right? And we have, okay, man, if I'm doing that, I don't want to do that, right? I want to be delivered from that effect. Um, one more here. Psalm 53 talks about the fool. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now, I want to take this uh, kind of to this, this series we just came out of, acknowledging God. You know, th- the fool doesn't even know that they're saying there is no God sometimes. But they're saying it with regard to what they're going through. Instead of saying that there is a God, they're magnifying the obvious to them. The person that's, that has a, a hurricane coming their way, all they can see is the hurricane. And all they can do is affirm the hurricane. And in the process of it, when the hurricane's coming down on you, unless you're Jesus or us in Christ, you just affirm the power of the storm. And in doing that, you're saying there is no God. Can, can you see this? So you're going through something in your life. You're going through a, a relational thing. And all you're doing is magnifying that offense. All you're doing is magnifying that offense. All you're doing is, is affirming the, the power of evil. And in the process of that, for you at that moment, and nothing personal, but let's just maybe accept this as true. We're saying there is no God. And we're being a fool. Because what's coming out of our mouth is not faith unto God. It's faith unto the problem. It's, it's, it's adding fuel to the storm. Amen? This is necessary for us right now. What's coming out of our mouth? You know what? We are world creators with our mouth. What have we been given? Where is the power in the blood of Jesus that's been applied into our lives? It's what comes out of our mouth. We are saved by what comes out of our mouth. Amen? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. When you begin to seek God, really seek God. Not just say, I like some worship songs that I put on now and then, but I really seek God. You cannot have your face in God's face without an embrace of his words. And an embrace of his will. Amen? There has to be an acceptance and a replication in your own life. Okay. So there's, it, it will create a mindless and a shamelessness. And this is, this is interesting. It comes from ignorance. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? <laughs> he said, forgive them for what? They know not what they do. You know what, what, what's The biggest problem in America today is I believe it's just ignorance. And the irony of it is that most of the people that are ignorant say that you are the problem, that you are the ignorant one. Have you you noticed that? And until there's a revelation of God, there's an ignorance that has to produce a storm. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No. They have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. God has something to say about this. 
Amen. And you know what? He wants to say it through us. God's voice is going to be heard through us. Amen. But he's not going to be heard through us if we're channeling, just reflecting what we're seeing in the natural. Amen. We're going to have to get in his face if he's going to speak through our voice. Amen. All right. So, Pastor Kim. So, how many know that we all fail um, with our words? How many have ever failed with your words? Man, there's been a couple of times in my life where I just said something I shouldn't have said. And I, I can still remember it because it bothered me so much that I, I knew I'd, I'd really messed up. Even though it's under the blood, I, I, it's a reminder for me to not go there again. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's good to remember that scar so that you don't do it again sometimes. Amen? So, um, so I am, I'm a bit, let me just tell you a little story. I'm a big decorator. I love to decorate for every holiday, everything that's taking place. I have a ton of pumpkins out right now. And Christmas is like, you know, you walk in and, <laughs> and everybody. I've never, I've never seen it all. I just, <laughs> I, I walk past most of it and I never see it. So because I like it's to decorate, blessing. I have lots of containers <laughs> in our garage with all these things stacked. And it's just years of collecting things. Y'all, uh, ladies, y'all know what I'm saying. You collect things through the years. <laughs> Ken, are you raising your hand, Ken? <laughs> so so when you drive I can actually drive in my drive my garage that's saying something that you can actually park in your garage that's a miracle amen ladies it's a miracle so but I am I am organized and thank God for containers I love containers how many like containers and I have a plethora of containers on the right side of my garage and they're lined all the way up to the ceiling almost, as high as I can get them. <laughs> but there's containers all around when you drive into my drive, my, uh, my garage. Um, and all those containers contain something that I, I like. They're valuable. My husband keeps saying, we need to clean the garage, and we need to get rid of some things. Well, I'm thinking everything Where is this that's... going? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Everything that's valuable to me that I want to keep is are in these containers. There's some other things that are lying around. Yeah, are, what I have doesn't matter. <laughs> that are not. <laughs> and you can't find it because it's. They're not contained. They're just lying around. So, <laughs> so to me, what I have in there is is valuable. There's when I when I drive in, I can see everything, and they're clear containers, so I know what's in those containers. My point is, is we have all heard that our words are like containers. And so when you're speaking and saying things throughout your life, and maybe you've been raised in a home where there were some words spoken over you that weren't so good. Some, maybe some cursing, some things that were accusations, some things that were negative, talking down, despair, um, speaking things, speaking death over you. And those are like containers in your life. You're driving into your garage and those containers are still sitting there. And you can see through those containers and you see those words of death that have been spoken over you. You see where I'm going? But then there's people like us who are in your life and we speak words of life and encouragement and wisdom. And you've got some containers on the other side here with some good things, right? 
But my point is, is everything that we say, our words are containers, and we remember those things. And like Pastor C was saying, our words are, they're containing life or they're containing death. And so you're surrounding yourself with either life or death. And the word says, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Well, if you're speaking death words over yourself, negative things like, I don't know, I'm going to die soon, or, you know, I, I can't stand this, or I can't, I've found myself saying this, I just can't do this anymore. When I was dealing with some things with our first son, I kept saying, I just can't do this anymore. And he'd say, quit saying that. You can do it. God's given you strength to be able to do this, even when it seems hard. And so it's important what we're speaking over ourselves. Amen? This is the area. This is the one area. And I'm going to talk. Uh, Y'all are familiar with James 3. This is the one area where we can show true maturity as Christians if we can tame the tongue. Uh, James 3, 2, and this is out of the Passion Translation, says, We all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet if we're able to bridle the words, we say we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. So the tongue has power to enable you to control yourself in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. So let's talk about how the Israelites complained. We know the saying, complain and remain, praise and be raised. They were being provided miracle manna every day, and yet it wasn't enough. Then they needed water, and it wasn't enough. And then God released snakes, and, and 23,000 people were killed because they were complaining. Here they were receiving the very best from heaven, and it wasn't enough. And so it's important what we're doing with our words. Verse 3 says, horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that, they, so that we can control and guide their large body. How many have ever ridden on a horse? I'm not super familiar with horses. I've ridden on one maybe a couple of times in my life. But when I get on that horse, the only thing that makes me feel good is that I have that rein with that bridle that I'm able to somewhat... And I say somewhat because I'm not trained, but I know I can at least pull on it to get it to stop, right? <laughs> There's some kind of control that I have there because of that little bridle or a bit in his mouth. And so he's large and he's powerful. And sometimes the storms that we're going through are seemingly large and very powerful. And this tongue right here is what's going to either make or break you getting through that storm. See, God enables us to get through. He always makes a way of escape. And no matter how large and how powerful the animal is that you're looking at or you're going through or you're facing, you have the ability to get through it because you can believe and speak the word. The word is nigh you. Even in your mouth, you can say something about what you're going through and it can change the atmosphere and change the very course of your life, change your destiny. Amen? And verse 4 says, and the same with mighty ships, though, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. I was looking at this and I thought, you know, of course, how many have watched the Titanic? It's my husband's worst hated movie. He hates it. <laughs> He's like, I know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Gonna happen. I you mean, know gonna happen to that movie. They're all dying, you know. <laughs> it's miserable. 
But I, but you know, when it came out, we watched it, and I, I think it. we were actually in the middle of a ladies' meeting up in Ohio when that was so popular, and I thought, you know, it, it's amazing that that huge ship, the, it just hit that that iceberg or whatever it was, and it created devastation, and it was just because that little rudder was not turned quick enough to miss what was there, and so if we'll be alert to change what we're seeing quick That's enough, good. we can we can miss some things. So I just want to give you a little example. I was listening to Rick Renner talk about this verse. Y'all know who Rick Renner is? Yes. And he was talking about how he had been invited by the, I think he was like the U.S. Sailor of the Year or something, to the USS Roosevelt. Anybody ever heard of that ship? He said, you'll need to plan to go all day long. He thought, a ship? It's going to take me all day long. He said, the ship was so large, it was 20 stories high and 16 stories that went below. And it, had, it was a nuclear-powered ship, and it had enough fuel in it to go out and last 20 to 25 years. Years. It said, he said 6,000 people lived on it. 6,000 people, and the landing strip was four and a half acres. He said inside of this ship were other ships, planes, bombs, missiles, aircrafts. There were 90 aircrafts inside the ship. And he said, I want to see the steering wheel to this ship. They take him up to this area, up, and he said, where is it? And he said, it's right there. He said, where is it? And he, they showed him this little bitty wheel that was about this big. And he said, this ship is so powerful, it doesn't take much to turn it. And I thought, man, our mouths, our tongue, our words are so powerful. There is great power in your mouth to turn just a little bit, can turn this whole nation. Amen? It can turn the nation. So the mark of maturity is the ability to control your tongue by the power of the Spirit. It's not just about prophecy. It's not just about your scripture knowledge. It's just not about how long you've known the Lord. But it's self-editing. It's control. There's a scripture in Proverbs. I, I believe I was sharing with my kids one day. It's about um, self-control. It says that a man without self-control is like a window or house without windows I'm doing it by memory without windows or doors and I was doing study with my boys one day when we first moved and I said what does that mean to you that a man without self-control is like a house without doors and windows they said anything can come out and anything can come in so anyway so verse 5 says and so the tongue is a small part of the body yet it carries great power just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze and the tongue is a fire. Am I taking yours? No. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is most dangerous, the most dangerous part of our human body, the most dangerous part of our body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. It releases a fire that burns throughout the whole course of human existence. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and the land, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. Every creature has been able to be tamed, but the tongue is not able 
to be tamed. It's fickle, unrestrained, evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. We use our tongue to praise God, our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who's been made in his very image. Wow. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brother and sister, this should never be. Would you look for olives hanging on a fig tree or go to pick figs from a grapevine? It is possible. Is it possible that fresh and bitter water can flow out of the same spring? So neither can a bitter spring produce fresh water. It's really powerful, isn't it? Something for us to think on. Yeah. So the tongue is a storm starter. It is, it is powerful. And James makes it like, hey, good luck, right? And it is impossible. But how how many know that with God, all things are possible? But it has to be with God. It it, it can't be something you you think you already got in your back pocket. Because this is a a continuous challenge. Amen? You know, it's interesting to talk with my father. He's... And he's such a blessing to just sit down and talk with, um, you know, the stories that he, he, he can tell. But, but when you start talking about these kinds of things, you know, it, it's, it's real for him even now. These things, why? Because we have an enemy that's going to defeat us. How does he defeat us? He defeats us with lies. What are lies? They are words. That's all they are. And he can completely destroy you with just a lie. And the only way you overcome that is with the truth. And the only way you get the truth is, is from God. But, but, but I, I want to look at, at, at Malachi here because I think there's a necessity for us to understand um, that maybe there's something that we don't see right now that we're not going to see in our natural thinking. We're not going to see in our natural understanding uh, because James just said that it's impossible for you to do it on your own. Malachi, it, it, you know, this is the same chapter where it talks about giving, right? About the tithe. And, and, and these, are, these are religious people and they're saying, so how are we robbing you, God? Why? Because if we go back a few here, they're fools in the, in the sense that they don't know what they're doing, Right? And you come down just a few verses down to uh, the 13th verse here. And it says, God is saying to the people, he's saying, you have spoken arrogantly against me. I think think, uh, one of the translations is, your words are strong against me. Now, when you think about that, you think, well, here's God. He creates the universe with his words. How, what are your words going to do against God? Well, you know what? God, through Jesus, now I know this is Old Testament here, but, but God has, his plan is for our best. Yeah. He, he, he wants to bless us in every, he wants us to be prospered. He doesn't want us to be, particip- why does he hate evil? Because it hurts us. It steals from us, right? Why does he hate sin? Because the wages of sin is death. He's not just trying to keep stuff from us. He's trying to take us to something. Amen? But he's saying that your words are strong against him. That means our words can actually be against God. Even though God has a will for our life, our words can disable God's words. Is that amazing? 
Because he set it up that way. He said, even though I've spoken wonderful things over you, blessings, not cursings, you can completely disable what I've said by what comes out of your mouth. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? He said, yet you ask, what have we said against you? And here's where I want to say, God, if this is me, examine every thought, examine every word that comes out of my mouth. Because if I'm disabling God's words by my words, and we need to become serious about this, amen? You have said it is futile to serve God. And sometimes, again, let's go back. and and The same people that say that say there is no God. And they don't even know they're saying it. You can say this by saying, I guess I'm just going to always be poor. You can say this very same thing, right? I guess it's futile to serve God. Everything is is against me. Nothing seems to go well for me. And your words are against God. Because God said, I'll bless you in every way. Yeah, right? That's right? Amen? Yeah. So we have to begin to look at what we're saying. It's, it's not just an idle word. It's not just an acknowledging of what's there. Because if you're just saying what's there, you're not acknowledging the God that's above what's there. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Do you see some of this going on in our... I mean, the richest people in the world today are examples of this. They're arrogant against God. But you know what? What you see right now in them is not forever. Amen? So it's very necessary for us to not be so impressed (laughs) by these people that are lifted up like they're smarter than everybody else. And oh, we have to be careful. What are we going? What are we going to reinforce in what we're saying? It needs to come from somewhere else. And and so this is the end of the exalting of the of the power of our words. Portion, and I want to look at how do we disable that? How do we actually make it to where we're not, we're, we're cutting off the power of our words to create a storm before they even get started? And so that I'm thankful that Malachi didn't start stop right there with, with us being on the ignorant side of things. But he says this, he said, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. You know what? It's necessary for there to be communication with each other. Have you ever noticed how, if you can just talk with somebody, sometimes things become clear? Especially if you're talking with somebody that's a good person, (laughs) right? You're not just sitting around smoking doobies and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in the world, you know? Let me just slip oh, this in there. This, this, is, this came, is, it goes with that, what you're saying, not the doobie part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Psalm uh, 1, I shall not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I shall not stand. That scripture right there, when I was studying it one time, I got to that part where it says, I shall not 
walk in the counsel. Am I saying it right? I shall not walk. Of the un- counsel of the ungodly. I shall not sit. Sit in the, in the seat, the seat is scornful, but his delight will be in the law of the Lord. And I'll meditate on it day and night. The first part there where it says, I shall not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel. What does a counselor do? You're talking back and forth. You're sharing. You're, you're giving opinions. But it says uh, the ungodly. So we automatically think, oh, that just means I don't talk to anybody. I don't counsel with somebody who's not a Christian. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me when I was reading this. He said, not every Christian has godly counsel. So ungodly can come from Christians if it's not lining up with the word. It has to be godly counsel. Because you can receive ungodly counsel and it not line up with the will of God like he's talking about. Maybe some Christians have been smoking a doobie. I don't know. But, <laughs> but they're not getting godly counsel that's lining up with the word of God. There's, so a, whole, there's a whole movement in, in Christendom to deconstruct your beliefs. I, I know that, that that's, a, that's a good way of saying that probably. Right? Christendom. Christendom. <laughs> They, they believe that you're supposed to deconstruct your belief system so that you can actually know more. And it's like, let's don't be talking, yeah, the, the progress, some of the progressive Christian things. You have to be careful. Be careful. Here's, here's, where, here's where the change comes. And, and I just want to break this down just a little bit because it, it says, then those who feared the Lord. Now, when you really fear the Lord, you, it's not just a church experience. When you really fear the Lord, he, he affects your every moment. When, when you realize that he's a holy God and he's with you wherever you are. <laughs> Amen? Now, you don't get these little moments to just talk to yourself because he's there. Uh-huh, right? And there's a consequence. You understand that now God's hearing what I'm saying. Amen? Now, I think the rest of this little verse is revealing of of somebody who really fears God. Because a lot of times when we're talking to somebody, we break down and say things because it's really, you you know how much fun gossip is? It just tastes, oh, I I don't want to, and and, and you have that friend that you say, well, I would tell you this, but I've, I've, I've sworn not to say, oh, come on, come on. Just tell me, you know, I won't tell anybody, you know, you know, that whole kind of a thing, you know, and, and uh, what, what's wrong with that is because somebody else is right there with you. If you actually fear them, if you actually fear God, you recognize that you go nowhere that he's not. Amen. And he's not really your God unless that's how you see him. And there's a consequence for everything you decide to say or everything you decide to do. This is our opportunity in relationship with our God. And we don't have to. But if we are going to be something other than what he was talking about in the previous verses, we're going to be those who fear God. And it's usually a minority. If you're among the majority, you just really need to get nervous. Right? But he says, and then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. They began to talk with each other about God. They weren't talking about the problem. And, and, and this is really cool. And when they were talking with each other, the Lord listened. 
if God cares about what we're saying to each other. Amen? Because what we're doing is we, when, when it's in an atmosphere of awareness of God's presence, we're establishing a pattern of speaking that is going to disable a storm's possibility. A storm starting will not be able to take place. When we get in the, in the, in the practice of talking to each other in the presence of God. Yeah. Amen? That's good. I, I, I say things, or I've said things, <laughs> in the presence of, of even other family members that I might not say when my dad's around. I'm no longer that way, just don't worry about it. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? When certain people are there, you're, you adjust your, your words. You, you adjust what you're going to say. And when this... If we're wanting to disable our ability to start a storm with our mouth, it begins with how we talk to each other in the presence of God. Because it's going to have to become, it's going to have to become a fountain of purity that's coming out of us. Amen? Um, that, that verse out of James, it said, can, can pure and, and, and tainted water come out of the same well? Well, what you do is you begin to start pulling pure water. And it will disable the tainted. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Okay. We've got to get through this, babe. We're going to get close. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. There's going to be something that you can remember about what they're saying. Something that you can remember about how they're living their life. It's going to be reflected. It's like we said last week. Faith has a sound. Yeah. Faith has a belief. Amen? Oh, and then I like this last verse. On the day when I act, says the Lord. How does God act? He acts in response to what our words are saying. Amen? They will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares the, his son who serves him. I'm sorry, there's one more in there. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Wouldn't you just like there to be a difference? You know what? I speak that over our nation right now. What's taking place right now is a very clear line. I think the lines were getting a little muddied for a while. But you know what? It's getting to the place right now where it's becoming very clear who your God is right now. But it has to be for us. We have to take serious the word side of this. Amen? We're, we're not just saying, I'm good, I'm in Christ. No, it better sound like it in your mouth. Amen. Proverbs 13.3 says, guard your words and you'll guard your life. Think about that. Your words are your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Proverbs 19.11, a wise person demonstrates patience. A wise person demonstrates patience. How? For mercy means holding your tongue. Have you ever thought about that, that you're actually giving mercy by holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget. For you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. Have you ever been offended by somebody? Or have you ever been had somebody who was offended come to you and share their offense? And then you have the opportunity to receive that offense or not. And it could just be a teeny tiny little spark like he was saying. And then you start trying to talk them through it. And then the more they talk, the more angry you get. <laughs> and the more, and it's not that you're taking on, you're not really taking on their offense, but there's a new offense. You're getting mad at them. You're offended at them because they're not seeing what you're trying to help them with. 
So this offense thing is like creating this circle. And, and, and the scripture says, be quick to forgive and forget. There's a reason why it says, be quick to forgive, because unforgiveness produces bitterness. And bitter roots produce bitter fruit in our life. Amen? Can I just comment on that real quick? No, we don't have enough time. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'll give mercy. Uh, 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 a lot of times I'm not capable of that, um, of, of forgiving. Uh, because sometimes it, you don't recognize it, uh, recognize it as offense. You're just seeing, you're, you're feeling and you're, and you're seeing the hurt of it. And it's really hard to let go. Hurt it, is offense. And, 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 and especially if you tell somebody else about it. Um, because what that's doing is it's, it's opening up the wound again. It's, it's making, you know, it's, but here's something that I just saw as a real, because we're looking at tools. How do we overcome these things to where we're not saying those things and we're actually forgetting them. And even just this week, I, I, I don't, I won't go into the details, but there were some things that I was extremely challenged on and I just got with God alone and I just said, God, I am in your face right now asking you for help because I cannot do it right now. I cannot do it. And, and while I'm in your face, I'm going to take this opportunity to be offended and I'm going to pray. God, I pray for these, per, these people that I'm feeling offended by right now. I, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to, to prosper them. And you know what happened? I can't even remember the details because God helps us forget when we begin to be for them. We're, we're, we're told to pray for everybody and especially those that we see as our enemies. That's, that would be somebody that offended us, right? Because the, the, the real damage that's being done is the storm that's in our heart because what, what it does what it does every time, the biggest challenge you have when you're offended is to get in God's face. Because if you can get in God's face, he'll help you to forget. And he'll help you to disable any words of offense. Amen? There's such a power that we have in the face of our God to be free of these things that will destroy us. Amen? And destroy our ability to be functional in the kingdom. All right. There we go. And let me just tag... What I was saying on the offense thing, it will kill your dreams and it will kill your destiny. And it also, at the end, will produce victim mentality. And victim mentality is like a dead end road. Like I said last week, I felt like the Holy Spirit showed me the victim mentality strips you of your victor realities. And so when you get into that place where you're a victim now because people have treated me wrong and I, I am just hurt and I had somebody say, I said, you're offended, and it's an open door. And they said, I'm not offended, I'm just hurt. And I said, well, hurt is the same thing as offense. It just has a different cloak on it. It will do the same thing in your life. And so whatever it is, like Pastor Steve said, get in the face of God and leave it there. And I just saw something, and I'll end my part with this, that the tongue is like a fire, we, we read in James, and it can destroy, or... In Mark 16, 17, it says, and these miracles, miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name, and they will speak in tongues. So your tongue can be used for the enemy to produce death, 
or it can be used by the Spirit with the fire of the Holy Ghost, and it produces the right kind of fire, and it can, and you know, when we're praying out things, things in the spirit. We're praying out things in tongues. We're praying out the perfect plan of God. So the opposite can be, and I've never seen this before, but the opposite can be true. If we're allowing the Holy Spirit to use our tongue, where it's the very thing that can be detrimental to our life. If we are speaking in tongues and allowing the spirit to use our tongue, it's perfect. It's Amen. perfect. We're perfecting what God has for us, there, there is a prayer in the spirit that we can pray out the perfect plan of God with our tongue. Amen. And in the process of doing that, and this, this is the power of praying in the spirit is you're, you're, you're drawing a, a source from the well that's inside of you that the more you do that, you're actually purifying that well. And the more you pray in the spirit, the more you pray with your face unto God's face, the, the less there's going to be a resource, and this is the next, the, you guys are familiar with this next one too, but there, it, there can be nothing come out that's going to cause a storm if the, the source of the heart is filled with only good. So where there's, where there's a potential, where, where there's a, you know, where James was talking about, it's because our hearts are naturally given to, to offense to, to, to yielding to evil, but our, our answer is in filling up that, that, that core of who we are with the good things, amen? That's why I love singing that song this morning, don't you? Your goodness is running after, it's running after me, and just get, get full of the goodness of God. And it's really hard then when you're even presented with a conversation about somebody you say, I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know, I, I can't even go there with you because I'm so full of God's good. You know what? God is so good to us. What's his goodness? It's mercy, yeah. stuff that we don't deserve. Amen? If anybody has the right to be offended, it's God. We treat him so bad and don't even know it. Right? <laughs> so a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. So there needs to be that storing that she's talking about. There needs to be that praying. There, there needs to be this activation of our mouths. Why do I not curse? Because I am so conscious of God's presence in my life. I can't just let there be anything come out of my mouth. Maybe there's going to be a need for there to be somebody raised from the dead as a result of what's coming out of my mouth. Maybe there, need, maybe there needs to be no storm that's resulting of something that I said idly because I'm not aware of the presence of God. Amen? Yeah. I need to store up goodness in my heart if I expect for there to be a, a peace in my life rather than a hurricane that I made and didn't even know it. Yeah. Amen? And my wife said, amen. amen. And, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So sometimes I've, I've been challenged with this, you know, well, you, you just aren't aware. You just aren't cool. You just aren't woke or whatever it is. <laughs> 
and that just slipped out, and it was okay because of the moment. No, what comes out of you is a revelation of what's in you. Amen. And our biggest, our biggest way of, of disabling the origin of a storm that our mouths can make is to become full of the goodness of God. Amen. I just want to add a scripture. This isn't in there, but I thought of this. Uh, it's Ephesians 4.29, and it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So, you know, you can minister grace, or you can minister death to somebody through your words. But then the next scripture says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know we can grieve the Holy Spirit with our words? And so... We've got to get in the face of God. We've got to let this be a, a, a process where we, you know, I was thinking about it kind of like a bodybuilder. Well, we were around some folks this, this week that were, they're not bodybuilders, but they're doing the keto thing. And, you know, they fed us a lot of bread this week. And I would watch all these people d deny the bread part. Do you want bread? Do you want a tortilla? No, just give me the meat. Just give me, I'm like, Really? You're, you're going to not eat bread this whole week. I mean, kudos, yay. It's just amazing. And at the end, they have dessert for you. And it's like you start with bread, the meat, veggies, and then you end with dessert. And all these people are so in the pattern of not eating bread. It's no bread, no, no sugar, no. Just give me the meat and the cheese, you know, whatever. And I thought, you know, that's, that's the way it is with us, with our words. We get in a pattern where we say, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. No, no, I'm not going to say that. Even though it's fun to chew on. <laughs> Savor. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeasty. <laughs> but, you know, you say no enough times, you get into a habit. You form a habit. And that's what we need to do with our words. We form a, a healthy habit for life. And that river of life just flows. So uh, we're going to end it here quickly. But um, the word became flesh. The word became flesh. The word became flesh. Everything is, is, is revolving around the word. Amen? But did you know that it wasn't just him? It's us. The word becomes flesh in us as we are in Christ. Amen. And, and uh, we're just going to end on this Psalm 119. The 119th Psalm. This is the one, right? It's, it's, it's all about word. It's the word of God. The power of the word of God. And uh, this is actually your verse, but I'm going to read it. Is that all right? You're welcome. Break open your word within me. Don't you like that? Break it open within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. I open my mouth and inhale the word of God because I crave the revelation of your commands. That makes me thankful for a couple things right there. The word of God and the passion translation of the word of God. <laughs> Don't you like that, the way it's translated? Because it needs to be this way. It needs to be a passionate thing for us. Amen? That it's not just what's coming out of our mouth, it's what's coming into us. Yeah. 
that we, we desire the revelation. What is it that words bring and what is it we're, how are words able to cause a storm? Because they ignite something. They ignite a perception of something that, that has a continuance with it, right? The word of God will do the same thing. It will ignite a fire inside of us that is very powerful for fulfilling the will of God. Amen? How was it overcome? It, it over, it's overcome the same way it was for David. David had some major failures in his life, but he always ran back to the face of God. It never became something that the King Saul before him did. It, for King Saul, it caused a separation between him and God. With David, it always caused a return to him. <laughs> Making up is fun to do, is what David thought, right? We're just going to go back to God. It's going to be fun. Amen? And in the process, he fixes our mouths. He fixes our memories. We don't even remember those things that we would talk about. They don't become subjects of conversation anymore. They're no longer able to cause a downpour, <laughs> a microburst. They can't cause those things anymore. Amen? Praise God.